You're listening to The Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah, and today we're going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Emerald. Emerald Sinclair is a love and manifestation coach, inspirational speaker, and self-love expert. She's the author of Destination Soulmate, her book about manifesting love, and it was released on Valentine's Day, 2020. She's the host of the wildly popular podcast, Manifest It All. Welcome to the show, Emerald. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Noah. Thank you so much for having me. Great. And so you are currently traveling in Turkey, exploring, checking out your Instagram, like all these cool adventures that you're on. It's, it's really beautiful. And, and so you're there with your partner. So you're in a relationship now? In a relationship. Kurt and I are spending three months traveling through Turkey. I really, as we were talking about before we hit record, manifested perfectly for us. And I mean, we're U.S. based, but yeah, exploring ancient ruins. Right now we're in a villa overlooking the head and it's just been absolutely gorgeous thus far. Yeah, fantastic. And so how long have you been in the relationship with Kurt? Uh, We've been together just over a year. Wow, fantastic. And that's great. This is yeah. your first this is your first trip together? You've been doing these before or You know, our first trip together was actually over the holidays, over Christmas and New Year's. We went up to Banff, Canada, and that was a m- mystical, magical, wonderful time. And we've taken smaller trips here and there, but this is our first big trip together. We don't live together. And so even more so it's, it's, it's a lot of things all at once. Let's just say like traveling, living together, spending three months together, but so far so good. That's really awesome. And I'm sure that you've, you've got, you've had some ups and downs along the way, some kinks you've had to work out, share a story. Uh, It doesn't have to necessarily be with Kurt, but share a story of a time that you had a very, like an embarrassing mistake that you made on a date and the lesson that you learned from that. Okay. So I mean, as far as dates go and as far as embarrassing mistakes go, for me, the biggest thing has always revolved around communication. Like putting my foot in my mouth, saying something that maybe I shouldn't have said or was like a half truth. And so it's like, even with Kurt or even with exes, there have been times when like, for example, so like something that comes to mind is when I was younger, let's just say in my 20s, I had really low self-confidence. And so I would try to pretend to be someone I wasn't. And so I would borrow and take other people's stories. And I remember once I like told my roommate's story to this guy I was dating. And then when he actually met her, she told the story, but she told it from her point of view as if it was hers. And it was her story. And needless to say, that relationship didn't last too long because I was just caught in a lie, right? And so certain things like that, like over time, I've really learned to embrace and love and honor who I am and not try to make myself out to be what I view as more impressive or more whatever, right? Yeah. And so do you, have you ever had a chance to, to rectify the situation with that person? No, that was so long ago. Like, <laughs> don't care. It's in the past. Yeah. I think it's more important that we rectify these things with ourselves. Oh, you know? yeah. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to get some background on, on the book here, take us to that point where you decided that this is going to be a book. What, mm-hmm. what was going through your, your life then? And what were you going through that you decided to take your experience and put it in a book? 
So really simple answer, actually. I have an online course called Attract the One. It's an eight-week course designed to help you truly love and honor who you are and speak your truth, set your boundaries, like everything I needed to learn in my 20s, right? And so I had this course and ultimately what I did is turn it into an eight-week book with a lesson a day because I wanted to reach more women. Like my women or my mission is reaching as many people as I possibly can. And I know with a book that's so much more accessible to put it in people's hands. And so that was really the impetus. It did take me a couple of years. I actually went to Guatemala for a summer and did a writer's retreat to actually start writing it. And then I finished it when I came back to the US. And then my business exploded and the book sat on the shelf for years. And then last year, December, I had so many people for some reason in the same month say, when is this book going to get out there? Like, okay, this is a sign from the universe. Get that book published. Valentine's Day, it came out. I had my very first book event in March and then COVID happened. And mm. now it's just sitting on the Amazon shelf. I mean, I promote it. I've done online book clubs and things like that, but I'm just happy it's out there because I know there's so much positive benefit to it. Like a man or a woman, how they think about themselves and what they believe is possible. So the essence of self-love and self-worth is going to affect how they show up in the world and what they actually create in their reality. And so I've had plenty of people, for example, I'll call my brother out, go through the book, but instead of using the practices to manifest love, he was using the practices to manifest his dream job, like the next step in his life. So it's pretty cool. While, I, while my work is aimed towards single women, it's really all about empowerment and believing that you can have what you desire in this life. Yeah. It's so, so many of us shoot ourselves in the foot before we even get a chance to, to really go with it. And if you doubt yourself before you begin you're never really going to make it. So yeah. And one thing I'd like to ask as you're in this role of a teacher, of a guide, in a sense, does it impact your own love life? I'm sure you have your own sort of twists and turns when it comes to dating. Do you have a story of maybe a time that you really had to work at exercising these, you know, the things that you teach and, and into your own life? Yeah. I mean, my last relationship was almost five years and that's what I've started and built my love coaching business upon was these practices of manifestation and self-love and how I moved through my crap in order to attract an amazing man. But then fast forward three, four, five years later, we were no longer in alignment. And so it was actually a couple years of struggling and really trying to figure out, is this right? You know, like I'm teaching my women, you can have it all in partnership. And I'm slowly figuring out that my current partnership is 80%, like Mr. Good Enough. Like he's just no longer in alignment with me. And so moving out of that relationship was really challenging, let's just say. But on the other side, I realized what's a stronger message to teach my clients and the people that follow me stay in a relationship that's no longer in alignment because society shows and says that a successful relationship equals one that you're together your whole lives or be courageous, leave a relationship that's no longer in alignment, help like lead by example. And less than five days later, I met my current partner and he absolutely meets me on every single level, spiritually, emotionally. It's just easy. Whereas my last relationship towards the end, it was square peg round hole. And we tried for so long to make work what was no longer working. And so for me, like it was just a wonderful affirmation of reminder that you get exactly what you put up with. Mm, yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to go a little deeper on that concept because I think 
the word soulmate, it's, it's got a lot of connotation. I think that historically, there's a lot of meaning that has been added on to the word. So mm-hmm. what do you feel about the concept of soulmate? Like, is it something, do we only have one soulmate? Do we have many soulmates? Is it like a serial monogamy kind of thing? You can only have one at a time. <laughs> what, what is your view of, of this word soulmate? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked it because I don't believe we have one soulmate, period. I, I believe in soulmates, plural. I don't believe in twin flames. I think when people talk about that, it's just codependency. It's attachment issues. It's like, don't even get me started actually on that one. Okay, so I believe that ultimately the world is going to reflect back to you who you are and what you believe is possible with love, period. And so my relationship five years ago reflected back to me, my belief systems around love, what I was available for, how I valued myself, what I just believed was possible. And so he was light years further than any relationship I'd had before him. Then fast forward five years of personal development, growth, leading the love coaching business, teaching these core values of self-love and manifestation, self-worth, boundaries, communication, we grew apart. And so my partner today is my complement in every way of who I am today. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that he will continue to be my complement and match for the rest of my life. However, I absolutely believe he's a soulmate. And my belief system around soulmates is that we reincarnate. Like I believe in reincarnation. I believe we can reincarnate with groups of souls where we have to learn the lesson. It's almost like this soul contract of, oh, hey, in the next life, I'm going to be your partner. You're going to learn this. You're going to move beyond your crap. And then you'll lovingly go on your way. And the reason I believe this is my dad's hypnotherapist and I've done so many past life regressions with him that I've seen like my dad's a soulmate, my mom's a soulmate, my partner's a soulmate. And so I, I, I don't think we need it to be this big old mystical esoterical, you've got like soulmates and this one person for you. But ultimately what I really teach in the book is in order to manifest your soulmate, you have to be in touch with your soul and who you really are and what you truly desire. And so I think a simpler way of explaining it is if you want to attract in your soul's match, you really have to understand your soul and love who you are. Period. Mm. Yeah. Got it. So it's, it, you're basically saying someone who's right for you may not be right for you forever. So it's not like till death do us part and, and then into the afterlife, but there's yeah, like, exactly. you know. <laughs> well, and I think that's unhealthy. And right. if I think about my last relationship, that's what I really learned. I had to move through these belief systems and stories that I had taken on from society and Disney movies. Thank you very much. That happily ever after equals till death do you part. And sometimes people are in your life for a season or a reason. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people are your partner for your entire life, the rest of your life. But I think a lot of us are a little bit effed up because we think love equals forever when that's just not necessarily true and not always healthy. Yeah. And, and in the grand scheme of things, it's so hard to see how much longer we have to live and yeah. you know, trying to force it when it's not quite right. You're, you're limiting a lot oh. of the possibilities. Exactly. It's like saying, I love this meal today. It's my favorite meal. So I'm going to eat it for the rest of my life. My (laughs) taste buds are not going to change ever again. And that's just unrealistic. Now, do I believe that people can be happily married and together and coupled up for their entire lives? Of course I do. I've seen Mm -hmm. it happen all the time. I just don't put that unrealistic expectation on anyone or anything. I'm a growing, evolving human being. I can't make that promise that things will stay the same as they are today for the rest of my life. In fact, the only constant is change. Yeah. What, before we move on from this subject, I think there's another, there's another element that people do change. And sometimes as, as a partnership, you're able to both evolve together 
And that's something I've noticed in, you know, in, in my relationship that I have, you know, with my primary partners, we, we've evolved a lot through the years together. And like, we've mm-hmm. developed a lot of common interests and, you know, looking at where we are now from where we were, Granted, right, we're still the same people, but like a lot of, a lot of the things we're into have evolved together. And I think we've both had an influence on each other's direction. And, and it's really cool to, to, to know you have someone who cares about you and that can help guide you to another path. So, yeah. yeah and for me, I put that lumping in with the definition of a conscious relationship, a spiritual partnership. If you can help each other grow and you learn together, and if you're both, I think for me, like if you're both interested in that personal development and growth, I think there's a very good chance that you'll be together for a long time, that you'll most likely grow and evolve together. And at the same time, if you don't, it's not going to be a big deal if you go your separate ways. And this is what I've seen. And this is what I coach my women on. Like I call it spiritual and conscious partnerships because it's a completely different level than the Jerry Maguire, you complete me. I need Mm -hmm. you. Like I need a husband. I need a kid. Like I'm incomplete without you versus I'm complete and whole on my own. You add to my life. Those type of partnerships are the ones that in my mind are the happiest, the most successful that have the best shots for success. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to, I'm going to switch gears and start to talk about some tactical things that people can do to, to get to that level. Right. So these are, you, you spelled it out. Here's the path. Now let's break it down. So so let's start with the let's start with the the early stage of you know someone's mm-hmm. single they're getting out they're dating what advice do you have for people to get out there and have better dates okay so one thing i would suggest is that a woman truly a man or a woman truly understands what they want and so i'll actually have my clients make a list it's i call it the prince charming list but if you're a man looking for a woman you can call it the princess charming list and so It's the non-negotiables, the heart's desires, and the icing on the cake. And as far as dating goes, it just helps you to get clear on, well, what do I want in a match? A lot of people don't even think about it. They think, well, yeah, I want to meet a great guy. I want to meet a great girl. But they don't actually break that down as, well, what would that mean? Like, Make your list of qualities, but then organize them into what are your non-negotiables? If you know without a doubt that you want marriage and children please don't waste your time dating someone who's out of the sectomy, right? Mm -hmm. So this is just to help the left brain get logical of what's a non-negotiable, what would be the heart's desire, which are things you could share in common, right? Like usually growth mindset or loves yoga, loves to travel, things that would make an enjoyable life together. Icing on a cake truly tends to be those superficial things like tall, dark, handsome, and a multimillionaire. But I've had clients get those things too, right? So the first thing I would suggest to a man or a woman is get clear on what you want so that you can sort, let's just say your options, and you don't waste time with people where your non-negotiables aren't even fit. Mm, Yeah, I love that. All right. So now let's talk moving into the next stage, which is physical connection. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the the nice, gritty, dirty stuff. What, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for people to, to be better lovers? To be better lovers. So the first thing I would suggest is to wait to have sex, wait to be intimate. Because the more you get to know someone, the deeper that connection you have, the better your communication, which only comes with time, right? Like as you get to know someone, as you become friends, you create a deeper connection. You're less, let's just say, shy around them right? Like you're going to be shy taking off your clothes. I don't care who you are around someone that you've only met once versus if you've been dating them for weeks or months, right? Unless unless you're a narcissist. Unless you're a narcissist. Yeah, true. Good point. Point proven. Okay. 
but let's just say you're the average person out there. And, you know, it's a little scary and intimidating to be physically naked in front of someone for the first time. And so one thing I would always suggest is give it time before you do make love because you will have that deeper connection, that intimacy, that communication, be really intentional about it. So I realize that's not like the actual practical advice, but I can tell you with myself and with clients, like the longer you wait, it does tend to be much more deeper and connective and beautiful than just I'm horny and I haven't had sex in years. So let's just do it. Okay. So with that, what happens if the goals are misaligned, right? So if, if, for example, we have a lot of girls that will kind of wait, they'll get attached. The guy, meanwhile, is really in it just to get laid. And -hmm. then as soon as he accomplishes his goal, he's out. And now the girl has developed feelings. She's, she's, she's into him. How do you, how do you sort of navigate that? Well, so, I mean, the first thing of course is going to be open and honest communication. And there's no guarantee that a man or a woman is telling you the truth. They might say, oh yeah, 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 I want a relationship. They'll say whatever they can to get you in the sack, right? Like a narcissistic or someone who's lying. Yeah, that happens. But in my experience, those men I've found tend to weed themselves out. Like if they can't get the woman in the sack by the third, the fourth, the fifth date, they tend to say, see you later. And so that's why I tell my clients, like, if you're really looking for a committed lifelong partnership, you can wait a couple of months, like, oh my God, to have sex with someone. And if a man and you, like you're forming that connection, that emotional bond, you have common interests, you're hanging out, you really enjoy each other's company. That's how he's going to fall for a woman. Right. Mm. Whereas if a woman has sex, those hormones, those pheromones are released. She can become crazy and fall in love, but it can be a hormonal attachment as opposed to an actual connection. Right. So even more so, women need to wait and keep their pants on because we will emotionally, hormonally, and chemically fall in love when we have sex with men. Mm, beautiful. Let's. So now let's talk a little bit about what happens when familiarity walks in the door, and now mm-hmm. you're so used to this person. Mm-hmm. And maybe that spark has started started to fade away, and mm-hmm. you know it, you you've developed a mo- almost more of a friendship or a platonic bond. What do you do to keep the physical connection alive? So I think there's actually a lot of ways to keep the physical connection alive. There's different. So the longer you're together, the more you can actually create a different level of intimacy and connection, right? So for example. My partner and I have studied Tantra. We had a Tantra coach. And so we were learning different things about breath work, about energy, about connection, pussy and penis massage, and these types of things I wouldn't feel comfortable to do with a short-term partner, let's just say. like This has to be with someone I've been with for a while and I have a much deeper and safer connection with. And so I personally believe there's always ways that you can learn more about each other's bodies. You can learn more about sex, about breath, about connection, about intimacy, but it's like anything. If you're not putting work towards it, it's not going to work. It's like going to the gym for a year and then you stop going to the gym and you're like, why am I getting flabby? So I think the thing is with relationships and that friendship is you're always working on it. Just because Mm -hmm. you're with someone and you've been with them for years doesn't mean that things are always going to stay that way. Mm -hmm. And so to those people, I would suggest, well, what are you actually doing? What did you do in the beginning? Well, you probably had sexy nights or you bought new lingerie, you're sending those sexy texts, right? There's no formula for it. But if you treat your partner like you did in the beginning for the rest of your life, 
there's going to be no problem in the bedroom with intimacy. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, the, the book, Men Are From Mars, but Women Are From Venus. I think that's one of the things it's like, as a man, you have to kind of continuously do little things to keep that thing fresh. And I think as a woman, you have to do the same thing. And it's, it's really interesting that, that the more you let things slide and you get complacent, things just start to unravel. Exactly. And one of my um, dating... So the woman that I studied Tantra from, she's been with her partner many, many years. And she says, she's like, we do schedule out date night and we schedule out sex. She's like, it might seem unromantic, but we are committed. We want to have sex at least a couple days a week. We want to have date nights, we want to have connection. Like we're each running our own businesses. And... Kurt and I aren't at that point yet, like where we schedule it out, but we make sure it happens at least a couple times a week because we realize that is a form of connection. It's a form of release. Like we both have a strong sex drive. We want it to, like, we just want it to continue to happen and be nourished. And so I believe like anything in life, it's, if it's important to you, you'll talk about it, you'll put it in the schedule, you'll make sure it happens. And so do they put it in the calendar? Like their date yeah. nights. That's really cool. They do. Yeah, yeah. They put it in the calendar. And um, I even remember taking one of her courses before I did Tantra with her. And her course was called Epic Lovers. And she had six different date nights actually planned out. And they were two to three hours long. And some of them, it was, okay, guys, here's what you're going to do. And for the women, it was, okay, here's what you're going to do. So it's giving you ideas of what it is that you can do to love and honor your partner and, and spice things up. And we've certainly learned so much from her that we now still use today. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So final question as we're, we're just working towards wrapping up on this track of, of learning how to stay fresh, how to keep your, your skills sharp and stay connected. What relationship book other than destination soulmate would you recommend for people to, yeah, to get out and practice this stuff, to just stay sharp. You know, I know we were talking about sex and intimacy, but honestly, the first book that comes to mind is called His Needs, Her Needs. And the premise being that men have certain core desired needs, women have certain core desired needs, but they tend to usually be on the opposite end of the spectrum. However, if a woman is meeting her man's needs, he much is more likely to meet her needs. So if she's meeting, typically a man's number one need is for that sexual connection. Mm -hmm. Whereas for women, it's the emotional connection, the communication. So, and I've seen this in my past relationships. If I stop performing sexually because he's stopped connecting to me emotionally, it's just a downward spiral. And so I think this book is actually amazing because when you understand your partner's needs and you meet them and vice versa, the sex stays there, the connection stays there, the partners are pretty much not going to ever cheat on each other. Like that's the premise of the book, creating an affair-proof marriage. And so if you're meeting each other's needs, I'm going to say that the chemistry, the sex is going to be much more likely to be there than if you're not happy in your relationship because your partner's not helping you to meet your needs. Absolutely. That's yeah, really, really well said. So cool. All right. Well, I think that's it for this one. Emerald, this has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And so enjoy, your, you. enjoy your vacation. And so, yes, I am enjoying my vacation. Thank you so much, Noah, yeah. for having me. It was a pleasure. Cool. And where do people find your book and connect with you? Yeah. So, Destination Soulmates on Amazon. It's also on Kindle. And I would say people could connect with me on Instagram at Manifest with Emerald. I am posting daily updates on Turkey and views of the Med and the ruins. And it's just been, I've been really enjoying it. And through Instagram, of course, then you can find the other social media links like website yeah. and Facebook. Yep. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. Bust out the popcorn when you watch your feed. 
That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much, Emerald. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It's been a blast. Don't forget to swing by Apple. Leave us a positive review. We love those. And of course, if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com slash single to introduce yourself. You could also DM me on Instagram at follow Noah. That's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.